Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us. Whew, it's been been a couple weeks. I know I've missed you. I've I've missed you all, but I was happy to be you know on vacation on on honeymoon. I know, but we but, missed you. But I'm, I'm glad to be back, and uh, you were very well taken care of with Matt Best filling in and Jeremy. Absolutely, K it stands for knowledge. Gover uh, filling in while I was gone, and uh, yeah, and I had two better people. They were great. They were I know, great. They're always great. great. And Matt's going to be in town from all the way from Toronto. I haven't seen him weekend. in a very long. I time. know it's been a while. The last time he was in town was I think. Uh, 2019 on the way to Orlando with his family, and he just, t- dude, I'm in town. Let's get a beer. <laughs> that was it. it overnight, and, and then gone. And then he was gone. So excited to see him, and just it's it's a huge week overall for so many people coming into town. I know so many Preds fans that are, are coming in for just the Pecorine retirement game or the Stadium Series, and or both. Uh, hockey fans from all over the world are coming in for it. What a big big week it is for the Nashville Predators, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those that's full of different types of emotions, excitement. Downtown's just going to be buzzing as long as the rain moves out. It's mm-hmm. going to be buzzing. It's going to be cold for an outdoor game. Like everything's lining up so well, and the Predators kicked it off last night with a huge victory over arguably the best team in the NHL or mm-hmm. one of the top two teams between them and Colorado, the Florida Panthers, coming back three times to tie it against an. It's a offensive explosion of a team down in florida and the predators are able to get a big victory there too with some great contributions coming coming from different players multiple players and david riddick standing on his head uh, Mm -hmm. to get that victory as well but what a way to kick off the week in an away game but i'm going to ramble a little bit but the the thing that stood out to me that's not part of the on ice product the florida panthers have one of the best teams in the nhl they have all the right pieces together to make a run for the Stanley Cup, and their stadium is half full. If, if there's anything that shows about stadium placement and how important that is for a franchise to be successful, we see it with Arizona. We've seen it with Ottawa, a Canadian team. We've seen it with Florida Panthers. And then on the opposite end, you see it with Nashville, how successful it is, Vegas, yep. those types of teams where the location is. How important it is that you have a team that is number one in the entire league this late in the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost March, and they're number one team, and they're still not putting butts in seats. Yeah, It's not necessarily team performance. It's lo- location. The traffic's very- bad down there in southern Florida. Oh, yeah. And I remember vividly during um, the All-Star game mm-hmm. in Nashville, I was talking to just so many people from so many different places, and I talked to people from California and they were just ast- they were just dumbfounded at how they left the arena. Boom. And they said, we have stuff to do. We have places to go. We have food to eat. We have booze to drink. And they said, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And we get so used to seeing it down oh, yeah. here. But it's a very good reminder, like you said about Florida, that a lot of people do not have that. They don't have that and luxury. They don't. Yeah, they put a, a, an arena on the edge of the Everglades. It's not even like in a center part of town. Mm-hmm. It's you have a so big mall on one side and then alligators on the other side. That just robs the fan base of a certain degree right. of something. And it robs the team. That yeah. team in Florida, yeah, the, the Predators beat them, but that team deserves to have more fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. And it's just, gosh, that's that's it's, it's really sad in that situation. And it shows you also, to flip that with Nashville, how great it is here. 
And can you imagine if that arena was anywhere else? I cannot. Mm-mm. This team has just fed off of that the, the energy of downtown uh, as well too is great. Robbie Stanley says the the Panthers fans were watching the mighty drunks. No, uh, Mr. Stanley, we had zero fans in the stands last <laughs> night for our championship game, which we did win. By the way, Congra- oh yeah, congratulations! I didn't Thank even you. tell you that Thank when you. I got Muddy here. Muddy drunks champions again. Now we're gonna worst. move up a league and everything because we've been trying to move up and yeah. now we finally have the opportunity to move up. But anyways. National Predators in that game, it was it was great to see the bounce back because they're in a little bit of a rut uh, going in there. I mean, loses a four straight. They're four, five, and one in, in their past ten, and they kept answering the bell every single time they needed to. And even when they were down by two, they're able to put things together to get back into the game. And I mean, first off, Philip Forsberg doing Philip Forsberg things of being very sneaky, getting around mm-hmm. there. And then there's some defensive lapses. Obviously, you know, you don't want to let Aaron Ekblad go in and do that, but Aaron Ekblad's been having a heck of a season. Roman Yossi, Yakov Trenin, but then Tanner Janot, what he's been able to continue to do this season, mm-hmm. it's just been amazing to see how yeah. he's been consistent with it. And just like Forsberg, ever since coming back from injury and then coming back from COVID and everything, he's still producing. It's not You're not seeing slumps. You're seeing actual consistency from a lot of these players now, and that's what you've been wanting to see from so many for so long. Roman Yossi is still Roman Yossi. But the, the biggest thing that stands out to me in that game is one that they're able to, to bounce back after being down multiple times against a very mm-hmm. good offensively gifted team. But two, David Riddick. I did not expect him to start the week off. I was expecting Saros, Saros, Saros for this week because of how big these games were, mm-hmm. Florida being such a good team. But David Riddick stood on his head. I mean, a tremendous amount of saves. I mean, <laughs> David Riddick at over 45 saves uh, in this game. There were a total of 48 shots. The 48 shots on net. Mm. The 20 shots yeah. just in the second period. Talk about rising to the challenge and it's giving like Yusasaro's time yeah. off before these up- oh, yeah. upcoming games. Um, but, I, th- I mean, when you talk about the losing streak, Matias Ekholm, I think, said after one of the games, um, after one of those losses last week, talked about how at their foundation there was nothing wrong with their game. They were playing decent hockey games. Mm-hmm. They were just playing – making a few key mistakes that cost them a game. And so I think we saw that correction. You know, we've slowly seen them start to correct those things. We saw that against Florida. They only had, I think it was like three penalties, as opposed to the very, very heavy, penalty-heavy games and those four <laughs> losses. Um, but huge, huge win because, I mean, it's always a good time to end your losing streak, right? Like, it's always, always a good time to do that. But <laughs> prior to... Pekka's jersey retirement, the stadium series upcoming, there's there's something about an energy, not that they can't win the game anyway. They can. But I do believe in the energy of the city and the fan base having that trickle-down effect um, on games like this. And I think that between that, re- that jersey retirement game and the stadium series, there's going to be a buzz. And you want oh, yeah. them to be going into those games coming off of a not just a win, but a really, really well-earned good win like they had against Florida. Absolutely. And, I mean, Roman Yossi, just to kind of recap the stats where they're at because it's been a while for me since I've been on the show. But Roman Yossi, 53 points in 49 games, so over a point-per-game player, which, I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that from a defenseman exactly. <laughs> in, in the league. And Matt Duchesne, 46 points in 47 games, so continuing on there in that pace of point per game. Philip Forsberg, 44 points in 38 games, 26 goals, continuing his pace of doing great things. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. Uh, and then you have Mikhail Granlin, 40 points in 49 games. Ryan Johansson, 36 and 48. And then Tanner Janot rounding out that, that top production with 31 points in 51 games and then it's 11 point drop off there when you get to Colton Sisson so Tanner Janot is in the top producers 
for the Nashville Predators. And so that's what's just been good to see about this team that I think there's been a little bit of, I don't want to say falling to a mean or the average or anything. There was a little bit of a slump. They made those little adjustments to the game. Come on, got a big win. Now, obviously, the game against Dallas is, is a big opportunity because it'll be on the second half of back-to-back because Dallas is playing right now <laughs> in their game. So there's an opportunity there. And then, obviously, you want to come out strong and stay strong against Tampa in, in the next outdoor game and just complete that game there too. But I think things are going are, are trending in the right direction for how you see they made those adjustments. That even though they're completely outshot against their backup goaltender, he found a way to help them get a victory, and that team found a way to pop in goals when they absolutely needed to. Those are the types of adjustments you want to see out of a team going into a big week. And obviously, there's going to be lots of emotions happening a lot of the players in this team have had been with Pecorini for a long period of time some more than others like Roman Yossi <laughs> have been with Pecorini for a long long period of time and just as a reminder folks I know it's continuing to be pounded into your heads remember that puck drop is scheduled for 730 but you need to be in your seats by like 545 550 because those ceremonies are starting at six o'clock so you need to be, be in your seats. Yeah, a lot, that's an hour, <laughs> over an hour of yeah. of everything that's going on with the, with the re- Jersey retirement. And I know we're going to talk more about this as the show progresses and everything. But what a moment it's going to be that there's some legendary players that have had. Re- I mean, Henrik Lundqvist just had his ceremony uh, recently as well. And so then Pecorini is going to have his, and this is just huge for the franchise to have their first number raised to the rafters. So be prepared for banner jokes. Uh, to hit the interwebs <laughs> as well. I'm sure other fan base is going to let them have it, but it's a moment to savor in for Predators fans, for Pecorini. There's so many alums in town. Glenn, I know you worked uh, in an event as well, too. Where there's so many alums. What so are some of the alums of that you saw at this event? Oh, my gosh. There were so many. I mean, there was a opportunity where um, a lot of people came up and took the photo with Pekka, right? So uh, J.P. Dumont, Marty Erat was there, um, and it looked like after they had taken the photo, a little while later, he went back over and had him, like, sign something. I don't know if it's <laughs> a joke between them or if he's getting it done for somebody else. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Chris Mason was there. Dan Hamuse was there. Um, Hal Gill, obviously, there. It was just – it was so exciting to see just so many different pieces that have been in and out of this organization in the city – um, and just seeing Pecorino's face, it was just lit up the whole time. I mean, he was soaking it all in. I can only imagine the range of emotions that he must be feeling because <laughs> I got I got all in my feelings just watching it all play out. So I can only imagine for him what it feels like to have everybody here celebrating him. I know Shea Weber was supposed to be at the reception. I see that he's now uh, the Predators posted a photo of oh, him, go, Roman Yossi, and Pekka there. I mean, that picture will warm your heart. I told Justin to go look at it, and I watched his face when he saw it, and we all just kind of, So just a lot of feels in the city right now, and I'm super, super excited um, for everything that's coming up because there's – I already started to feel that buzz today. Right, and, um, yeah, the, the buzz, the adrenaline's pumping and everything. I'm seeing more timeless videos come out. We're seeing pictures every day of updates what the stadium looks like. And so we're going to continue on to talk about the rest of this week. Uh, joining us next is going to be David Kells, the Executive Vice President of Entertainment and Venues for the National Predators and Bridgestone Arena. The recent venue executive of the year winner uh, for the annual Polestar Awards that were awarded a couple weeks ago. So he's been with the organization for over 15 years. So he's been there for all of Pecorino's events uh, for his career. Obviously been there for all the different things the Predators have been a part of. So it's going to be really great to get his take on all things that are going on for this franchise this week. So up next, David Kells of the National Predators joining us. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game.
and welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us. And excited to have our next guest on. Joining us now is David Kells. He's the Executive Vice President of Entertainment and Venues for the National Predators in Bridgestone Arena. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been a part of this organization since 2005. And so you've seen the organization just go through so many different evolutions and changes and growth and seen the city grow and everything. What is the buzz around the organization for everything that is happening this week? Um, I, you know, like you guys are saying in the earlier segment, Nashville puts on a great party on an average day. <laughs> so when we have these elevated events, when we have, you know, the historic moment of, you know, raising number 35 for the rafters on Thursday and then the stadium game on Saturday, and then we roll right into the SEC women's tournament <laughs> and then on and on and on. Um, it, it's awesome. It's, uh, I think, uh, Glenn was talking about, you know, folks from out of town coming and experiencing these events and seeing this energy. Um, and we know we're going to do that again. The folks who are come up from Tampa will be like, wow, this is a great time. This is way better than where we live. Um, you know, all those types of things. And you feed off that energy and, uh, all of our crew work so hard. Um, and to see people see the payoff and to see people have a good time and to see people, you know, tomorrow, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's the buzz we have right now. It absolutely is. And, uh, folks, like we said, going into the break, uh, David was, uh, just recently named the Venue Executive of the Year at the Annual Polestar Awards on February 8th at the Beverly Hilton in Los Angeles, California. It's a very coveted award, but not just that. Bridgestone Arena ranked first in the world for concert sales uh, in 2021 as well. So you, you've seen as well the arena in terms of events that have come to the arena now. We've seen that because I'm basically a unicorn, and, and you being here for a long time, and then Sean Henry, what he's been able to do. How have you seen the venue overall just evolve in this time of bringing in some of these big acts? It's not just the Predators as being the, the main stalwart at the, at the arena, but also bringing in other things to help bring buzz to the city and big acts like that. I mean, you've heard us say it all before. It all feeds <laughs> off of each other. Um, it's not something that exists in one silo. We don't focus on, well, for hockey, we're just doing this, and for concerts, we're just doing that. Uh, every day, we look at ways to build everything up, and uh, it's been a turnaround um, and a slow build over time where you know we went from being on the second leg of a tour to selling maybe a thousand more tickets, two thousand more tickets, and then you get on the first leg of the tour, and you go from a Tuesday show to a Saturday show, and all these things grow over time. Um, concerts and events want to go where they know they can be successful. They want to know where they can sell tickets, and they want to know where they can come in the back door and load in and have a great and easy day. Um, and we've proven that for people again and again, and so people just keep coming back uh, because the fans come out, they buy the tickets, they support the the artists and the events. And they know on the back of house things that it's going to be a great day. Um, and little by little, year by year, uh, I remember way, way back, we were like 40th busiest arena in the U.S. to, you know, this very unique year being first in the world. First in the world. Beat anybody else on the whole planet in concert attendance. And it just, it just blew my mind. I mean, when the Polestar year-end rankings come out, um, I always like refresh like every morning to see when they're going to post, when they're going to post. Um, and this one came, and I looked in our normal area. Hey, we're going to be you know 16th in the world or something like that. And I had to scroll all the way to the top. I printed that thing out so hard and went running around the arena, passing out the rankings to everybody. It was a big day for sure. And David, uh, people like us, switching back to the Predators, people like us who have followed this team for a long period of time, we're obviously excited about the Stadium Series in the way that 
we've looked forward to an opportunity like this for this team since the stadium series was born. So we're excited to be able to, you know, see this team be featured in such a way. But what is this game for the people who maybe are either new to Nashville or new to hockey in general? How much of an impact could a game like this make in continuing to grow the sport in this area? Well, it's again, it's like you just said, it's on this national stage. It puts all of he lets the whole world see uh, um, what we see every week, what we see, you know, 41 times a year at home, how great the fan base is, how much fun the team is to watch on the ice, how loud everybody can be. Um, and anytime you can kind of, you know, show how awesome things are and make one or two more people say, oh, man, I get it, or, oh, my gosh, I've never seen hockey like that before, you feel good. Uh, you feel good spreading the word and letting people know what we do is special and unique. Um, and then, uh, like you said earlier, you hear it from the people who come into town. They're like, wow, this is a great atmosphere. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my counterparts in, in Winnipeg, and they have some, some of their coworkers are coming in for the weekend because they know it's going to be an awesome time in Nashville, and it's not 40 below. So there's, there's lots of good things we have going for us. And David, as we were talking about uh, briefly in our earlier segment, um, I was at the Pecorine reception today, and I was it was just a, over a decade worth of emotions kind of came to me and came to my mind as I saw these former players there. I saw Pecorine just thrilled beyond belief. Um, just all these people coming out to show their support. Like Justin mentioned, you've been with this organization for a very long time. So I have to ask you, what are you going to remember most about the legacy that Pecorine leaves behind him, not just within the organization, but for the city of Nashville as a whole? I think it was some of the moments that they talked about today at the lunch, you know, that last game. We didn't know what was happening next. I don't think he knew what was going to happen next. We didn't prompt the fans to bring out signs. And, we, you know, that's just something the fans did naturally. And then he take that, took that victory lap and made the speech at the end. That was amazing. Um, you know, 17, blank in Chicago in the first round. Nobody thought we were going to do anything. And I had friends from all around the country. My phone just blew up. Those were great memories. Um, and then, you know, again, like they said today at the lunch, what he does at Vanderbilt and the Children's Hospital and all those best buddies proms. I don't know if you guys have ever been able to experience one of those. We've hosted those off and on throughout the years. Um, and it's just a great celebration of the organization and everybody who's, who's a part of it. And him and uh, Roman Yossi being in those best buddy prom moments, those were awesome. I mean, again, another thing where you just stand back and get all misty, seeing people have a good time and celebrate and being themselves and being accepted by everybody. Again, David Kells, Executive Vice President of Entertainment and Venues of National Predators and Bridgeton Arena, joining us on Penalty Box Radio. David, continuing on with this and seeing, because you've been with the team now for, for 17 years, seeing different alums come in for this this big event for Pecorini. And obviously, I'm sure some of them are going to stay through the stadium series as well, because why not if you're already here for a big event? What does that show you? Cole's picking up the Bob bar tab. So there's, there's, oh, <laughs> well, we have that on air and it'll be on podcast. We have your proof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what what does it show you as well to see so many players from different iterations of this team? Because when Glenn rattled off some names of alums that are there, and we know plenty of alums that are coming in from whether it's the early years of Pekka or the more recent years of Pekka, what does that say to you just as an executive too to see his impact when you see so many different people from different generations of Predators teams coming into town? I think that was exactly the, one of the fun things to realize. You know, he played his entire career at one place. So he did touch a lot of different eras of the of, of the of the team, you know, some were, you know, really, really competitive and making deep playoff runs. Some were maybe a little bit more lean, um, but he's been there for all of it and played the game with class and obviously um, made a lot of lifelong friends along the way. 
Uh, and that's something else that's great about Nashville and our franchise being, you know, 25 or arena 25 years old. We have the franchise 24 years old or something like that. We have deeper and deeper history. You know, this weekend we'll do two things. It'll be part of our history. Our fan base and they all, everybody in Smashville will remember these two events forever. And it's adding to that pool like Pekka did for his entire time here. Um, and more people are choosing to call this place home and they're choosing to coach youth hockey in the market. And, um, yeah, it's just deeper and deeper connections uh, throughout throughout the throughout all of Middle Tennessee. And I, I know you can't always play show your hand and everything too, but with the arena continuing to grow and with events in Nashville continuing to grow, maybe it's not an exact specific event that you'd like to see. But what's the future hold for Bridgestone Arena? What types of events would you like to see happen here aside from just the Stanley Cup final being one? I'll just go ahead and get that one out of the way because that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the that's the low hanging fruit answer. But what other types of events would you like to see brought here? What what is the future hold for this arena and what other types of things it can host? Well, there's um, I mean, so. I have, I have the master calendar, and it goes out from now till the end of time. Um, there's a potential for a stretch from September 16th to October 16th where we have a, an event every single day except one. Wow. That's, I mean, that's just going to be madness. Um, so when you're sitting this far out and you look at the calendar, you see that potential. I mean, that's amazing because, again, the artists and the managers and then everybody in the touring professional world – know that they can be successful at Bridgestone Arena. They have the trust in us to come there. They have the trust in the fans to come out for the show. So that's awesome to see. Um, I've got a post-it note next to my desk of bands who have never played. Uh-huh. Uh, every couple of years you get to check somebody off. Uh, you know, radio has never played Bridgestone Arena. Fish has never played Bridgestone Arena. Um, but, you know, a couple of years ago, Dave Matthews' band was on that list, and mm-hmm. we got to check them off. Um, and then one thing that's great about being, you know, in Nashville, you know, the country music capital, is any time somebody gets to headline for the first time, it means a lot to people. And you get to talk to the, the agents and, and the managers and the tour directors and everybody that this is a milestone in somebody's career that they headline Bridgestone Arena, sold out show, playing in front of their peers. And that's cool to see, you know, time and time again. Um, and so you never know who, who's that second band on the bill right now or the third band on the bill right now who might. In a couple of years, work their way up, have a couple of hits, and start selling out you know, 13,000, 14,000 tickets. And let's also hope that in the near future, there'll be a game four, five, six, or seven won on the Stanley Cup final yeah. <laughs> in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, that's one of the fun things. So uh, we have so many new people working in the organization right now who haven't been, you know, been through these experiences. They don't realize that you know, you're playing hockey in June, and people are coming in in tank tops and flip-flops and <laughs> running to the team store to buy a hoodie because you know, it's 80, 90 degrees outside, but you know, 60 whatever in the arena. And, um, yeah, that you just feed off that energy and that, that snowball of you don't know what's happening next in the playoffs. You don't know if you, if you advance or, or if you start to lick your wounds and plan for the next mm-hmm. year. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a gas every time you get to play. Absolutely. Well, well, David, every time that I've seen you, just whether it's for like the food tours that's happening before the season starts or whatever, we can just see the passion that you have just for what you do and for the events that you bring in and how awesome it is as well, too. So just appreciate you taking the time to talk with us tonight. No, thank you much. And again, as, as always, it's a great organization to be with. Everybody at Bridgestone Arena cares so much. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I happen to win an award because of what I do, but I can't do what I do without everybody else mm-hmm. there. I'm just one individual doing their job. Um, and everybody else who sells one more ticket or make sure the backstage is set up or make sure these little details come together, make my job that much easier. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much again. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a good evening. You too. Thanks. All right. David Kells, Executive Vice President of Entertainment and Venues for the National Predators and Bridgestone Arena. And 
that's you can there's leadership right there you can tell absolutely absolutely yep absolutely. such a good guy so just great information there too just on the buzz because we all know it but it's interesting and always great to hear that the passion coming from leadership in an organization too you can you can tell there's excitement oh yeah <laughs> about everything going on all right up next let's let's do some story time and we'll answer we have plenty of questions that came in uh on twitter regarding so many different things whether it's weather for the stadium series game if we have our tissues ready for thursday night uh discussion on what to wear for stadium series because of the weather uh trade deadline a little bit of everything and obviously i, I if you didn't see it on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, I have a slight <laughs> story, a little story uh, to share with you all uh, about my trip uh, most it recently. It ties into it our ties in. episode last week when mm. we talked to Sean Henry. He mentioned it briefly. Yes, yes, it definitely ties in. That's for sure. Okay, all that up next. Penalty Boxer at ESPN 1025 The Game. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio and ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared. With those, spinning those jams tonight, we'll give you one guess as to who chose that song. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was not Jared or myself. Okay, come on. It's Great Big Beautiful That's Tomorrow. It's a beautiful song. Carousel of Progress. It was just like the Walt sweetest Disney. way to go into the segment. I, I mean, that's what that's what Alex and I walked, you know, down the aisle after. I know, the that's what too, makes so. it so sweet. And, and also, you know, re- relative to our story time that we're going to have. Yeah. <laughs> I love story time, Justin. We <laughs> no. got to we got to get some stories. We got to I know. We we'll, we'll build up to the big one. Okay. We'll build up okay. to the big one. Uh but but Obviously, I was gone for a couple of weeks and and on vacation. So I appreciate you all, you know, hanging through with Glenn and Matt and, and Glenn and Gover. Because we were so miserable. Was so miserable <laughs> without me, I'm sure. Couldn't handle it whatsoever. I was actually really jealous of the guests, too. Matt goes and gets the guests that he got. And then, obviously, Sean Henry. And Okay, Sean, I know that you're listening. Justin, you can't see him, though. He's rolling his eyes. So you just got snubbed on air. Again. I, he could be sitting right behind me and I wouldn't even know it. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened, I would lose it and walk off. I would just walk off. You'd be finishing it up on your own. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. But it was it, it was a very interesting, fun, curious, amazing honeymoon. And I'm so glad I got to experience that. And just as a reminder, this was booked when there was actually supposed to be an Olympic break. <laughs> Yep. And then that didn't happen in the mm-hmm. NHL games. Like, well, we already booked everything, and I'm not going to adjust my honeymoon for you the sake can't. of a few hockey games. No. But it was booked for that reason to not miss any Preds games. Like, I legitimately was actually working out with everything to not miss anything. Yeah. So but what was your favorite part? The relaxation. There and you go. and the the unlimited beverages. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, unlimited because we paid for it to be unlimited more than anything else. Yeah. What uh, was your what was your least favorite? Is this gonna you know? Is this gonna sound familiar uh, with what? No, what we've no, seen that, that's not even like a least favorite one because that's like so memorable now. It's a core memory. Okay, then good. It's we'll a core memory. About, so there's no memory. least favorite then. Well, no, the least favorite was it having to end. 
That's oh, that's yeah. really because like we we went on a cruise mm-hmm. like thirty four percent full and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then to try to get back into reality, oh, there goes gravity. Um, we oh, decided no. to go to Disney World, <laughs> and that was just a whole different kind of stress to go from cruise ship relaxation, not many people, to Disney stress, and that that happened. And I was like, oh, don't do that to me again with Magic Kingdom, please don't. It was just <laughs> there's so many people, uh, but it was a lot of fun, and and it was great to experience that, and just to have those the special feels and everything too. The place where we we uh, Disney World's where we got engaged, and that's where we mm-hmm. closed out our honeymoon. It makes perfect sense. It was like you had two honeymoons in one. Pretty much. I mean, one was a little more stressful one. than the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you saved that one to the end. Yeah, well, Alex was <laughs> like, maybe we should have done that at the beginning and That's had the relaxation at the end. And then relax at the end, yeah. Oops. Oops, but it was fantastic and can't wait to go on another one. Hey, I mean, and you know, you know in terms of like vacations, Penalty Box Radio has a trip coming up in the summer. And we have a special guest, Pete Weber. I mean, the one and only Pete Weber is going to be with us in Cancun at a resort, and it's an all-inclusive resort. And he's the he's one of the best of the best. And we're going to so. have a story time with Pete Weber. Yeah. Story, story time, time with Pete Weber. With Pete is unlike any unlike story time that, yeah. So magical. P- P- <laughs> magical indeed. PBROnTheRoad.com. <laughs> so you can find more information on that, PBROnTheRoad.com, because that's going to be so much fun, and they have swim-out suites, and I can't wait to just walk out my door and jump into the pool. It's going to be awesome. So they're vacation planning now. It's it's cold. It's rainy. Or maybe if you're a little west of town, it's a little icy. Now's mm-hmm. the time to plan your summer vacation, right? Exactly. So. Hmm. We got to get into it, We got to get into it. We have to address a, it. There's a whole story because I believe Sean is listening. He is listening. Oh, boy. He always is. The bat signal has been, has been rang and he's listening. So we briefly talked about this when Sean was on mm-hmm. that you had an experience with mm-hmm. something that I am still repulsed <laughs> and I don't even want to sit next to you mm-hmm. because I know what you touched. I, I need to, I know, but that's, did you boil your hands? Bo- did you boil Do them? Do they look boiled? You should have boiled them. Oh, I need the story though. Okay. For those of you that have not seen this story time with Justin. So we are exiting magic kingdom. It is probably, mm, I'm going to say, 9.30 at night, maybe now, because mm-hmm. it officially closed at 9. We, we went and looked at the shops, last pictures, things like that. Had to get on the monorail, all those things to get back. As many of you know, Disney has pop souvenir popcorn buckets. Some of them create a stir, and people wait six hours in a line for these stupid things. No, I just wanted a simple little bucket that is the 50th anniversary of some popcorn because just something different about Disney popcorn. You, if you know, you know, right? And we are walking the parking lot. It is maybe only a third full now. And we're walking up, and I see a bucket on the pavement just sitting there. I'm like, who leaves a bucket? I mean, it's only thir- it's, it's a small one. It's $13. <laughs> not like one of the $26 ones. It's just a simple bucket. And Alex sla- like slaps me on the arm. I was like, look, you didn't even have to buy one. There's one right there for free. <laughs> so the blinders go on because I'm just walking, making sure that no one else is walking up to see that too because I want to get to the bucket first. I want to get to the bucket first. You want to get to the bucket first. Go so on. I walk up. I see the bucket. It has its lid on. The handle's right there. I pick up the bucket in momentum of walking forward. You know, popcorn doesn't carry much weight, so it's not going to, like, have the pendulum effect, you know, when there's a weight <laughs> at the bottom, how it'll swing back and forth. And it wouldn't do that typically with just popcorn. just, like, swing freely. This had the pendulum effect because something sloshed. 
So I picked it up and I was like, why is there weight? <laughs> and then I looked down and I saw popcorn dumped out. Again, I remind you, I had the blinders on so I did not see what was around it because I saw a bucket. I see popcorn dumped on the ground. And next to that, I see brown wetness. Oh, don't <laughs> use the, that word. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. That's okay for radio. <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. And then I look at what's in my hand. And just the hand, the bucket's clean, by the way. But I look at my hand. I look at the ground. I look at my hand again. I look at the ground. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately set the bucket down. I did not drop the bucket because in my head, I was like, if I drop the bucket, this could be bad. So I it's gently, already bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it could have been worse. I gently set the bucket down. I look. There's underwear on the ground, too, in the in this. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, no. And I'm like, Alex, she goes, I can already tell. She gets in the car trying not to gag. And I hear the kind of going on. And immediately, like, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. And then I try to wash my hands and everything. And then I record my, my video for it. But someone made a decision very quickly. And I'll say this because I don't want people to think I'm upset or angry or anything like that because poop happens. <laughs> but something happened. It might have been someone that had you know IBS or something that didn't, just didn't agree with them. They had to make a split-second decision. And when I say split-second you could tell it was a very fast decision that had to be made. And somehow they got part of it in a bucket. And the rest was on the ground. But I, oh. I feel for that person. I empathize because I can't imagine they did it on purpose. Nobody wants to Nobody do that. Nobody wants to do that on purpose. So I feel for them. And it's just the moment that is going to be stuck in my head. And that's what I experienced. Because the bushes were just a little farther away. But there's no restroom anywhere near. They would have had to probably walk a quarter of a mile to get to a restroom. Mm-hmm. Nothing anywhere near. And so I just... Set it down there. And I wonder, I just wonder in my head, how many people did the exact same thing I did or was I the only dummy? You were the only person that would have picked that up. That picked it up. I, one, Me. I want to know, did they listen? I wonder if they listened to the show. I doubt they listened <laughs> to the show. But I honestly, I don't, I don't know that I, I'm so weird about touching stuff. Like, I don't even like to touch a door. I use a glove right, every time I right. pump gas. So I can't imagine I would go pick up well, a random bucket with some underwear next to it. So there's more to the story. <laughs> there is. This is my favorite So part. the next – we get back into town the next day. Like, we fly back the next day. And then the day after that, we are – we're going out to dinner. It's it's Alex's birthday. And just keeping it simple, we're going to go get Mexican uh, and in Bellevue. And so we're meeting her sister and her sister's boyfriend there. And we walk in a table of four. We walk past another table just to get to it. Again, I have my blinders on because it's like, I'm hungry. I'm a fat dude. Give me my chips and salsa to start. Okay. Sit down. You know, get her orders taken, everything. And then the server delivers one of those to-go soup containers. You know, the tall plastic ones that look like a bucket on it. It says, don't pick up random buckets. And then... Stick fears on the other side. Congratulations. And I pick up this thing, and I'm going, what the heck? Who did this? Who did this? I stand up. The servers are over laughing. I'm thinking somebody <laughs> over there must have seen my story. Then I hear a giggle from behind me, and who else is it but Sean Henry <laughs> recording me with his phone up, getting video of my entire reaction, because, of course, my idiot 
but didn't recognize him because I never do and always snub him in restaurants. And he's sitting there, of course, of course it had to be Sean that I don't recognize and say hello to to keep the snub story going. And he just lets me have it. Let's me have it right there. It could not have been better, even if Sean tried. Even if he tried to plan no, I, that, it couldn't have been better than Bellevue, it was. In Bellevue, of all places! <laughs> just a random Mexican restaurant in Bellevue. Sean Henry's there with his family. And we walk in, I don't even recognize that it's him. And then he trolls me with a it's poop because you weren't looking for him. You weren't looking for anyone. Well, no, You're no. just going to eat. But now I feel like whenever I walk into a restaurant, I'm like, Sean Henry here, Sean Henry here, Sean, 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 Sean. If there was any lesson learned there, Justin, it was that you need to watch your surroundings, be aware of who's there, look for Sean. But gosh, that was so funny. He tried to tag me on the tweet, and he wrote me a message and said, I can't tag you, but this is happening right now. And I saw it. I zoomed in, it. and I saw the back of your head, and I'm like, Could oh, my God. I'm like, that. I was sitting there wanting to eat my own popcorn, like real popcorn, like out of a real bucket, not, you know. Oh, okay. Um, and I was okay. just watching. Okay. I was just watching You're it all done. play out. <laughs> You're done. You're, but who else? Who else gets trolled this much by a president oh, so and CEO of a, ma- of a major sports team? I and I brought it upon myself because it happened at Moe's like multiple years ago in Cool Springs. I didn't see him, and he just tweets at me. It's like, look, he's not even going to say hi. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm I, multiple. T- I don't understand how this keeps happening. It's because you do snub him. I mean, look when he came on okay, the show. Okay, up we next. We got him on the show when you were gone. Uh, up I next, mean- we have so many questions to answer. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate you so much. We're going to answer you. the questions that came in on Twitter. <laughs> Multiple ones about dealing with the stadium series. And then some penalty box here to ESPN 1025, The Poop Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared, and uh, big listener Sean Henry. Shout out to you. Thanks so much. Thanks for dragging me. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Let's get to our questions. Uh, friend of the show and has been such an integral part. She helped me so much just in terms of when our wedding was happening, the snow was coming in, and also like when the Garth Brooks incident was happening at Nissan Stadium. But Chrissy... Um, I'm asking a weather question here. Latest forecast models are introducing some rain during the stadium series game Saturday evening. Obviously, this impacts things, but how much? What are the contingency plans? Super curious as I haven't seen much about this topic. Well, there's been multiple things in previous stadium events or outdoor events, and I know um, Paul Scribina put out uh, an article today just about ice and, and the weather uh, with the Tennessean as well, too. So most of the things that, that, that happens is – the good thing with weather overall, when it comes to sun, you're not going to deal with that too much because it's a night game. The rain, I think, is looking hopefully to trend more to the south. It's going to be cold, so at least it's not going to be warm. Uh, the ice is going to be a little bit thicker than it typically has been in the past to help with that. But in terms of how the game will progress, they do have Sunday available if they just cannot play, which I don't see that happening. Sunday's available for them to get the game in if they need to, uh, if they have to absolutely post uh, cancel it then they'd have to make it up probably at bridgestone arena because it would be a predators home game which then the question comes in of what they do with all the tickets right because you're not going to fit 50 plus thousand people in bridgestone arena 
That'd Ooh, be a lot of people. Imagine? No. <laughs> uh, then there's also that if you get in terms of play, that if you play at least two periods of the game and one team does have the lead, they can count that as an actual full game if you get to the two period mark as well again i don't see any of these things happening are all the different contingencies that'll happen uh it depends on whether they postpone it as well too because you could get to a, a one period in the game and you just cannot go on anymore then you postpone it and you finish the rest of the game later with which they've had to do in other things that aren't even just outdoor but other types of games where incidents has have happened they had to finish out a game so there's all these different contingency plans. I know the league's all on top of it. They learn every single time. I mean, they learned a lot with Dallas because remember how the ice turned to slush the week of that game for the Winter Classic, and all of a sudden the conditions just got perfect, and they're able to redo the ice, and it was fine. Uh, so they have all those contingency plans there too. So I know um, all, all of you with the National Weather Service and National Severe Weather uh, on Twitter and on their blog are going to be keeping a very close eye on this because there's a lot of fans that are just ready to enjoy this outside, but they have plenty of contingency plans. Uh, okay, this one comes from um, Brandy. Do you have your tissues ready for Thursday night, Glenn? I've got them. I've got them ready. I've already started using <laughs> mine today. So, <laughs> are you ready? I'm I ready. Know it's, I'm ready. It's just like David said. There's not going to be. I mean, this, everybody's going to be misty eyed. There's right. not going to be a dry eye in the house. Y- you're absolutely um, right about that. So I've got the little pocket size ones. You know, <laughs> the little bitty packs that are easy to carry in your purse. I got about eight of them. I was about to say, how many of those do you have? Uh, let's see. This one comes from Wayne. A discussion on clothing layers in advance of Saturday's game uh, is a question that he has. So it's looking to be potentially, what, in the low 40s? And then as the night progresses into the upper 30s, that's going to be pretty chilly for being outside, especially if it's a little windy. Yep. So I would yep. highly suggest, especially if you're not used to the weather, you need to layer up with like a layer of thermal. And then a layer of like a T-shirt and then a hoodie and maybe even a coat, depending on what your comfort level is with, with, with the cold. I mean, Glenn I'm get, actually wondering about yeah. the same thing. I'm trying to figure this out for myself because I, I'll, get, I'll get a chill in 75 degrees. You'll get the blue lips, blows. right? Yeah. Under my, and Justin has seen it 100 times. My <laughs> mouth will start turning blue and that could be 60 or 70 degrees. Right. So I'm trying to mentally prepare myself of thinking, like, what do I need to – Yes. How many layers do I actually need no. to have on? Because luckily, I'm going to freeze. Luckily, won't be below freezing. But it's more about your comfort level mm-hmm. more than anything else. So layer it up. Layer because, remember, you can remove a layer. You can't add any more unless you go buy them. That's going to be the thing. So layer that up there. Make sure your head's protected, your ears protected, your your fingers and everything like that. Just layer it I'm up. I'm definitely going to wear a beanie. Oh, for sure. At least have three layers is what I would suggest. And maybe even a coat just so you can take the coat off if you need to. That's the great thing about layering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, this one comes from. Um, let's see. Oh, from Jonah's story. Since yesterday was two twenty two twenty two. Uh, what is your favorite memory of Jordan Tutu? Oh, mine is. <laughs> well, I think just in general, just because I just now read this question and I would have to think through a lot of different moments. But I think for in, in general, for me, it was how he was one of the first players that I remember being very just open and vulnerable. Yes. Um, and I think that that just opened the door for a lot of other not only Nashville Predators players to be more open and vulnerable, but guys around the league able to feel more comfortable. A lot of people credit the courage they had to be able to speak up um, Mm -hmm. against whether it was a mental illness they were dealing with, whatever it was. Um, A lot of people credit like Jordan Tutu and Brian McGratton for being so open and honest. So I think for me, just in general, when I think of Jordan Tutu, um, sometimes I laugh because of his antics, but not even nailing it down to a specific one. I think just in general of what he brought to the organization and the people around him by being his true self, 
Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's it's that for me, and also just the different types of ceilings that he, the glass ceilings that he broke mm-hmm. in terms of being the first Nook player mm-hmm. uh, in the NHL, and then also being open uh, about sobriety as well too, and and how it's affected his family with the loss of his brother as well. So it's just him being open about that. I think those are my favorite memories. I know there's plenty of on ice, but those stand the test of time and impact way more people that way with what he's been able to do yep. with that and just with his book and everything too. So those are, those, those would definitely be mine. Uh, let's see, just jumping around here. This one comes from Alex. Should the Preds be buyers at the deadline? And if so, what do they go after? I don't believe they should be buyers. I believe they should stand pat. Or Same if you're going to buy, you don't buy with a lot. You're getting rid of a, a really a, a draft pick, like a fifth rounder for mm-hmm. maybe some more depth on defense. Yeah, that's that's when in terms of buying, that's all I would like to see, because I want I'd prefer to see this team as is go forth as it is. So their next year, they have all that experience together instead of selling the farm again to try to make a run. Yeah. I don't think this is the year to make a run in terms of buying. You let that happen for two or three years down the road and you see what you have right now with this team, because what they have is they have a team that can be very competitive in the playoffs as it is. Yep, they have not changed my mind yet because I've felt like that for a while too. I know we've talked about that a few times. Um, they have not changed my mind into thinking that they need to do anything drastic or dramatic. Um, I'd prefer them to stay pat and stay the competitive team that they are. Now, if something slips and they slide and it starts looking like a different scenario, then I'll probably change my mind. But right now, <laughs> stay where they are. <laughs> this one comes from Sam. How does it feel to be a three-time champ with the Mighty Drunks? Uh, three-peat. How uh, does it feel? W- it feels great. I know that's not just my third one of one with other iterations of the team, but that's three in a row, and that's why we're moving Humble up. Humble brag. I'm just joking. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Joking. I mean, we've been we, hey, we've been on the losing end multiple times. I there, know. there were seasons where we lost Y'all every single it. game before. Yeah, every single game. I remember. Oh yeah, it's been Y'all rough before. It. We we definitely have. All right, Abigail. Will there be any coverage of MTSU versus Vandy Sunday night? If you did not know, MTSU and Vanderbilt are playing at Nissan Stadium Sunday night. Limited attendance. You're probably not going to be able to go. Uh, there aren't any broadcast rights for it either. So look for some coverage on Twitter uh, from Abigail D. Martin on Twitter. Uh, just to give you some updates from that game. It's just, if anything, going to be a great experience for those those players because it's a non-contact game. It's more like a scrimmage. But they get to play under the lights at Nissan be, Stadium yeah. at 1030 at night on Sunday. Yeah. So it's just going to be fun for them. I'm glad they get to experience that more than anything else. That's what I'm glad for. All right. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. We're so excited to experience the rest of this week with you, whether it's the Pecorino retirement game or the Stadium Series game. If you see us, please come say hi. Some, come, some, come say hi, please. means we're, there's going to be so many people in town. Come and say I know, hi. That's, my, that's uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is just being out and yeah. about with so many people. Yeah. And, and if you do see us, come say hi. If you want to hang out, you know, make sure you hit up the, the home base freakout at Tailgate Downtown over on Music Row. Mm-hmm. I know the, the, the folks with um, Renegades of Puck are throwing that as well as some folks with On the Forecheck. So go check that out as well. And I know Matt Best, who filled in for me two weeks ago with Triple P Podcast, we're doing a couple things just to get people to hang out together too. So many things are happening. Hit us up on Twitter. Thanks so much. For producer Jared, Glenn Blackwell, I'm Justin Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.